So today is the 22nd of November, 2021. We come together to train our minds to something of great importance. We train our minds to have loving kindness, compassion, sympathetic joy, and equanimity, which make up the four Brahma-viharas, the four divine abidings. And as Dhamma practitioners, we can't neglect or discard these four Brahma-viharas. And these Brahma-viharas are a suitable meditation object for those character types that get angry easily and give rise to aversion frequently. Those that have a lot of aversion in their hearts should build loving kindness, cultivate metta to bring their heart to coolness, to cool down the heat in the mind. It's just like if we're in hot weather and we have some cold water with ice in it, then we feel fresh and rejuvenated, or we go to an air-conditioned room and we feel our mind feels cooled down and relaxed, our body relaxes from the heat. So loving-kindness is a kind of coolness, wishing for oneself to be happy and for all beings to be happy, for all beings to have happiness and the causes of happiness, and the wish for all beings to overcome suffering this is something important. And we see that these Brahma-viharas are connected to virtue and generosity. Because you know, we practice generosity with love and kindness. Those that are in a difficult situation, having trouble in their life, one helps them with loving kindness and compassion, helps them to have happiness. And one gives generosity in this way. One can give various types of material objects or food or beings that are lacking in mindfulness and wisdom. One can help teach them with loving kindness and compassion. And we see how this comes back to virtue, to sila. When one has loving kindness, then one doesn't wish to kill or steal or break the third precept that commits acts of sexual misconduct. One speaks the truth. One doesn't speak vainly or falsely or divisively. And having love for oneself, one doesn't seek out things to make oneself drunk or to make others drunk. And one does this with the heart of loving kindness. So having a mind like this, then anywhere one goes is cool. And one can spread coolness all around. In a place where beings have loving kindness for one another, one has loving kindness through acts of body, acts of speech, and acts of mind. But thinking thoughts of harmfulness or ill will it's normal for the unenlightened mind to have thoughts like this. But we make an effort to cut off these thoughts and abandon these thoughts, to abandon this type of unwholesome karma. One tries to not have these thoughts arise. 
we cultivate loving kindness. These qualities of loving kindness and ill will compete with one another in the mind. And when when loving kindness has more energy than ill will, then thoughts of harming don't arise. So we practice like this, and this is something that we're able to do in our meditation practice. Sometimes living in a group, in one's family, or in one's workplace, there are arguments and disagreements and conflicts. So having the quality of generosity, one gives the gift of forgiveness, and this gives rise to peacefulness. We see that all beings, having been born, try to get happiness and don't want suffering. And that which gives a lot of suffering to the mind and a lot of harm is selfishness. Just thinking of oneself, wanting to bring happiness to oneself. This can give rise to greed as well, wanting things for oneself. And this can give rise to problems for others as well. And if one has sharing, sharing of things and money and so on in a group, then that group has peacefulness. We see, for instance, in the world that there's enough oxygen for beings to breathe. But if there wasn't enough oxygen, then the situation in the world would get a lot worse. We see that having been born, whether one's born as a male or a female, or another type of animal and so on, there's enough enough oxygen for all these beings to breathe. And we look at water as well. If there wasn't enough water for beings, then the condition would be a lot worse. Or if there wasn't enough earth or soil, or if someone was able to keep sunlight for themselves and block out the sun for themselves, then this would make the condition a lot worse as well. In the Buddha's time, there was one occasion where the Sakyan people and the Kosia people were going into conflict over water for their crops. And they were ready to go to war over this water. (coughs) And the Buddha knew about this. And so the Buddha went to that place where they were about to fight and taught them, well, is the human life or water which is more important? And they saw that the human life is more important, so they sought to cultivate harmony. And there was another story from a past life of the Buddha, where he was the leader of a group of birds. And the birds would go to a water source and food source. But at this point, there were humans hunting those birds with nets. And the Bodhisattva, the Buddha-to-be, saw that if they had harmony, then they would have safety because they could all fly in the same direction and lift the net off of themselves and thereby not be captured. But there was another group of birds led by Devadatta, a past life of Devadatta, and this group lacked harmony. And the Bodhisattva saw that this lack of harmony would give rise to danger. But this group that lacked harmony 
wherever they would go and gather together, they weren't in harmony with one another. And so when the net got cast over them, they didn't fly together and they got caught by that net. And then they were sold by the humans. So this is something we can read in the texts, in the Jataka tales, and see that the Buddha in that past life was the wise bird and Devadatta was the foolish bird. So in terms of the world, when we have harmony, then we have success, and this gives rise to happiness. When we gather together, when there are many people gathering, then there are many views that gather. But we should try not to fight about our views, because when we fight in this way, there's only loss. There's no benefit. And having wealth, then we seek to share that wealth. This allows us to live together well. We have acts of loving kindness through body, speech, and mind when we live together. In this way, we don't have conflict. And we try to be virtuous to the same level, or to have virtue all to the same level. And in terms of our livelihood, we try to help one another. And in this way, we can succeed in all things. And the one, when the mind is thus cultivated, then sila, samadhi, and panya, virtue, collectedness, and wisdom can gather together to know phenomena in time and to realize that, oh, it's just like this. We see that that which we were lost in is just like this. Clear knowing arises, wisdom arises. We see the Dhamma according to the truth of the way things are. We understand clearly. So therefore, may you have sila, have virtue, practice meditation every day. May you have effort in this in order to give rise to wisdom. And this wisdom which is able to cure the suffering in our hearts. And if we don't practice like this, then we just have birth and death, birth and death, birth and death, just like this. The body dies and decays, but the mind, the jitta, doesn't go anywhere. The mind doesn't stop with bodily death. When the body lacks sufficient energy and it decays, but the mind does not decay, it arises and ceases, but it has this quality of delusion, this delusion which takes the mind to go to another birth and another death which takes the mind through the cycle of birth and death. And if the mind has merit, then it goes to a heavenly rebirth. And if the mind has an even higher type of merit, a merit with samadhi, then it goes to the Brahma worlds. And this is a special type of energy. There's no thinking, there's just stillness, there's happiness with the quality of samadhi, of collectedness. There's no thinking, no suffering, no proliferation, but the kilesas are still there, just in a, a dormant form, but the defilements are still there. And later one sees these thoughts arising and cease, and knows these thoughts are not self. And one sees that that which one knows is a mentality, nama, and that which knows the thoughts and knows the mentality is the mental consciousness. And one sees these two things separated out, sees that they arise and cease. 
And when wisdom sees clearly like this, that it arises and ceases, then wisdom, the mind knows not to cling, sees it as impermanent, suffering and not self. Separating it, out, separating it out like this, one sees clearly, one sees the Dhamma. So may you set your hearts on this, may you meditate and be intent in your practice.